I thank you that you are here. And when you are here, all things are made whole. So I thank you that we're about to walk in the wholeness, Daddy. I thank you that you loved us so much that you sent Jesus. And I thank you that Jesus loved you so much that he died for us, Lord. And I thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit, your power. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. Have your way. Teach your people. Speak to your people. You know what they need. It's all yours tonight, Lord. We give it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Bring it down real quick, Kenry. And make sure you have it on uh, Lee's temp. Uh, class won't be very long. We're already a little behind. Is it on Lee's uh, Lee speech? Are we recording? Thank you, sir. Doing work. Hey, T. What's going on? We got women in the house now. Oh, yeah. um, we know who's hungry this year. The women. Where the men at? Is that too much? I'm going back to my spot, Kimberly. Bring that, bring that sound down some. It's really loud behind me. During worship, or the last bit of it, um, Lord prompted me, the Spirit prompted me to just say it's yours. Like it's yours. It's yours. It's yours. And you know, I think we really need to get in a place where we just start handing everything over to God and just say it's yours. To say it's yours, you know? And I felt so much liberty in my being declaring that it's yours. It's yours. So let's just lift our hands. And you know, sometimes God can demand anything he wants. He's all powerful, but he's such a gentleman. But it's just like, you know, how the Holy Spirit and the Godhead, you can see the counterfeit. Y'all can keep your hands up and put them down. I'm going to get to it in just a second, but I'm sorry. It is, he just brought it back to my remembrance. But when God comes into a place, there should be a reverence. And the reverence, there's so many ways you can reverence God. You can reverence with your mouth, with, with your body, your posture. But just think about it like this. When an important person walks in the room, like in the military, when the commander walks in, everybody jumps to attention. And in the courtroom, they, all, they say, all rise when, when the honorable judge comes in. Our body should move, and we should respond to God when his presence comes. The quickest way to do that is to lift your hands, but we should get in a place where when, he, we, when we know he comes in, we stand to our feet. doesn't mean you have to stand up for long, but we stand to our feet in acknowledgement of how great he is of his authority, his power, his majesty. I'm telling you, in, in the world, when, when a king or some, uh, somebody of prestige comes in, everybody reacts. I don't care, it can even be a celebrity. But God is so much more than that. So I, I want to say that. So if you want, you can stand. If you want, just lift your hands. But we just need to just tell God it's yours. And that can be anything. That can be everything. So just say, God, it's yours. Daddy, it's yours. Jesus, it's yours.
Holy Spirit, it's yours. My entire life, everything about me, everything you have seen, everything that's with me, Lord, it is yours. You have control. Do what you please to do. In Jesus' name, amen. That should be a, a, decla a declaration every morning. This day is yours. This, these, these shoes are yours. These clothes are yours. This place is yours. My life is yours. It's yours. So I want to talk about repentance tonight. I only have a few notes. How many people know what the word repent means? Repent. They're going to hear you on that too if you recorded me. Because you're right behind it. Um. <laughs> Um, there's, I don't want to say there's this, a bad connotation about repenting. Um, when people say repent, a lot of times, if you don't know what it means, they think that there's someone's telling you that you're bad. Like you need to repent, like in a bad way, like you need to repent, you know, repentance is this changing the way you think to repent means to change the way you think. It's a change of mind. Okay. So God, in this season, in our life, he's asking us to repent. Repentance doesn't mean you've always done something wrong. Repenting can mean that God wants to renew your mind in the area or change your mind in the area of your life. And we have to look forward to these times because it says God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts or his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So if he's asking us to change our mind, it's for a good reason. So we must repent in this season. We must be ready to repent. And what that means, we must be ready and willing to change our mind in any area of our life, if not all areas of our life. So you have to repent, which means to a change of mind or to change your mind. And then you have the word repentance. What does it mean to walk in repentance? So to repent is to change your mind. But when you walk in repentance, you're putting action to what you've changed. It's one thing to say, I've changed my mind on something. But when the trial comes or when the circumstance comes, do you do something differently? Does your, does your actions reflect what your mind has changed? Are you guys with me? There's, there's so much into this, but it's so very simple. Only way that we really can change our mind is through the word of God. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We have to be renewed daily in our mind. The only way to be renewed in our mind is through the word of God. It's the only thing that's everlasting. It's the only thing that's eternal. This flesh will die. These chairs will die. The things we see will die. They'll fade away. But the word will remain forever. So our soul needs to be changed. And as our soul is changed, as, as our mindset is changed, we can walk in the newness of life. And that's Repentance. Walking out what you changed in your mind, putting that action to what you've changed in your mind. So now think about what has God asked you to change? You're thinking on. Every year, to me, it seems like I'm changing my mind on how I do my finances. Every moment, my mind is being renewed on how to, you know, handle my wife. And I'm talking about a good handling, not like jerking her around handling, but I don't want to say deal with or handle, but like. How to, how to cohabitate, how to, yeah, how to love and treat, you know, all these beautiful words to say how do you be one with somebody. That's continuous. 
You know, I have to walk that out. God can speak to you. He gives you a choice to repent and to walk in repentance. He speaks to you. He gives you a choice. So what does God ask you to change in your mind? And what is he asking you to change in your actions? I'm telling you, the biggest thing for me is what I, the biggest, I don't want to say the biggest repentance, but one of the things that I saw the, the most significant results first coming off and, and really my conversion experience with God was when God asked me to leave certain music. And it was rap music. I love rap music. And my dude was Drake. I'll put him out there. I love Drake. I was like, man, Drake, is, he's, he's hitting my, that's my music. He's, he's speaking my life. And I remember the Lord, man, I wasn't even coming here for a week. He said, you ain't going to be able to listen to that no more. And I was like, dang, I know he's coming out with another album like next week. You know, he was dropping all these, these mixtapes. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to give it up. And then over time, the Lord was showing me that when we don't repent or change our mind or move on what he's asking us to do, you have a highway that you can be on. And y'all know back roads or you know like street roads, right? The highway is the fast route, the fastest route to where you can get. There's no traffic lights. There's generally no accidents sometimes, but you know what I mean? It's, it's like you should have to get to it straight shot. And when we allow these things to come into our mind, into our soul, it hinders our flow with God. That's where you have these speed bumps. That's where you have these accidents. But the things we put into our mind, the things we put into our eyes, the things we, we eat, the things we say, the things we think, it's really breaking up the flow with God. And I was willing to give it up. And I can say at that point in my life, music was one of my gods. It wasn't the main God, but it was one of them. And the moment I, I, I really stepped that out, God gave me grace. He just gave, it was like the, the music that I was listening to, the worship music that he gave to me, just surpassed all of that. That music we just listened to, I'm like, I love that stuff. I don't know how y'all like it, but I think that is like the best thing ever. It does, it does, it's, it's so far much greater than what I listen to. And it does so much more for my heart and my mind. And when you get the word and couple it with worship, when you worship, God brings pictures to you. And it sh he shows you what Jesus done in your life. He shows you what Jesus did on the cross. It's like he really is showing you something because you have substance. You have substance here to back it up. So I love worship because worship is bringing everything together in my life. Even when times seem hard, even when it feels like, you know, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it. It's like the moment you get in worship. All those things go away. Everything truly is hope. And God will start giving you answers about your life. He'll start showing you which way to go. He'll start delivering you from stuff you know you don't even want. How many people just want stuff you, you know you got stuff in you you don't want? You know what I'm saying? I, I tell you, the main thing I had was perversion and lust. And I said, God, how am I going to get married? And I'm dealing with these different things. How? I don't want to be the person that cheats on my wife. I don't want to be the person that lusts after another woman when I'm, when I'm married. And I said, Lord, I want to change my mind. I was active about it. And I felt like I never got answers from God. I felt like it was just quiet in that, but I just kept pursuing him in that. I said, no, I know I can't. Lord, I know I can't move in this area of my life without this being changed. And the, the, the closer I got to God, the, the more I worshiped God, the more my mind was changed in so many different areas. It was like it just went away. I know I didn't want it. It wasn't right. But it was something on the inside of me that caused me to want those things. You get what I'm saying? It wasn't me. It's like, you know, you have detached yourself from it. And then you go into a moment where you think it's you, but it's not really you. That's not you. 
Those are demonic influences trying to entice you into sin. I told God I didn't want none of that. For real. Tori had the same thing. We, it was control for both of us. We just had two different types of controls. I don't want to control nobody. I've been controlled before. I don't want to have no attitudes. I don't want to be the person that's always angry and then the next day I'm happy going through these emotional roller coasters. I don't want to be that dude. I don't want to be the dude that, you know, every time somebody says something I didn't like, I rejected them. I knew in my heart that wasn't me, but I didn't know how to deal with it. So I got in the word. I started listening to teaching. I started worshiping. I started doing what you would, you know, what, what you would think an average Christian would know to do when they're entering into trials. And before you knew it, God just started like, like just taking these things up off of me. And then it was like my life just went into a, a hyperdrive. You know, in, in these movies, these space movies, where they, they're like they're going into what's it called when they're going into the next light speed. I'm not. I'm telling you, it's like I hit the. You know, sometimes you gotta push. I guess in a boat, you push it up to go faster. It's like I did that, and then the stars, shh, like that. And I haven't looked back since. Doesn't mean I haven't had my road, my, my roadblocks or these bumps in the road, but it's been such a pace with God, you really can't keep up with Him. You can't. But it's because I allowed my, my mind to be renewed. I allowed my, my, myself to, to repent and to walk in repentance. Everybody in here has dreams. I don't care. I don't care where you are. Everybody has dreams. Everybody has an ideal for their life, where they want to be now, where they want to be in five years, 10 years. We'll never achieve those things without God. And you got to think, God wants to give you 100, 100%, 100-fold on everything and more. But God doesn't want to bless ignorance. He doesn't want to bless a person who's mad or a baby because they'll squander everything. You, you know the, the, the word about the prodigal son? He wasn't ready to leave and go out. But the father allowed him to. And he squandered his entire inheritance. And then he comes back and daddy receives him, throws a party for him because they want to celebrate. But you got to think, God doesn't want us to go through any of that. Well, we have to experience the hardship of quote unquote life or the ways of the world. That can literally end now. If we repent and follow the Lord. I'm telling you, you can hit a highway with God and you'll be passing people on your right and people on your left. You'll be like in the middle lane, but it'd be like you're on the left lane. And you'll just be zooming past people and you'd be like, OK, is, is this unusual? Can, do you, have you ever noticed how some people it's like an overnight success? That's how some people are just overnight success. Right. And me and Carl was talking about this. These people aren't overnight success. There have been people that's been putting in work underground in the night hour when nobody's been watching and nobody believed them. And then in the streets, they call it hitting a lick. I love it. That's what they say. You hit a lick, right? Well, you're doing something you're not supposed to, but you get it, right? God is allowing us to be displayed. Man, God told me this, and I love it so much. He said he's setting up everybody's audiences. How many people have been watching your life over the past years? Or the past years? How many people are just saying they're not doing what they're supposed to do? I don't know where they're headed. They shouldn't have made that decision. They shouldn't have married that person. They shouldn't have did this. They shouldn't have did that. God told me, he said, I'm just setting up your audience. It's for his glory. You know what I mean? When you really, we have to get to understand this. When we give our heart to Jesus, we're going to be miserable until we start following him. I am telling you, nothing's going to be satisfied in your life. Now, you may see some victories here and there, but they're not everlasting. They're not eternal. 
you're going to see the roller coaster. Like, yeah, I'm on a high today. And then the next day, man, you, you, you breaking glasses. You're going crazy. I remember this. Man, I used to get so angry. I, I would have visions of me tearing doors off of hinges. I don't even know if I'm that strong. I don't. I think I am, but have you ever tried to pull a door off, off a hinge? You got to be pretty strong. I just, I, I, just, I, just, I just continuously submitted to God. I repented on all those thoughts. God, this is not you. And I, you want to know how I knew it wasn't God? Because it, it, his word tells you who he is. The more time I spent with him, the more I saw his image, the more I saw his likeness. And the more I was drawn to be who he was or to be like him or to look like him. And I'm telling you, man, you hit a highway in God when you repent, when you change your mind in areas. You hit a highway. You're going so fast. It's, it's a light speed. That's, that's it's really what it is. It's, it's light speed. And then before you know it, you'd be a year ahead or two years ahead or three years ahead. And what God has done in your life in three years, it would be compared to what somebody did in 20. I'm, talk, I'm telling you, in ministry, oh, my gosh. We, we, I'm not, I don't compare myself to anybody. I just know what God is doing in my life. But you would think I had been serving the Lord 10 years, 15 years, 20 years through all the trials and the, and the circumstances he's brought me through and how he uses me and my wife. You would think we've literally been in the church and been walking with God since the womb. We're talking about signs. when We pray for people continuously. We pray for a kid. I tell this testimony all the time. We pray for a kid that was deaf and he, was started, he started receiving his hearing. Can you imagine having a child that has hearing aids in? You take the hearing aids out and you pray for the child and the child can start hearing. Can you imagine that? And I, I love it when a miracle happens like that because people are just dumbfounded. I prayed for this child. His mother is standing right in front of me. She's watching his son, her son receive his hearing. And she's just like, I'm like, say this, say this. I'm trying to get her to engage. Say this, say this. I'm trying to get her to engage with the, the man so he can hear because she's standing behind him. He's looking at me. I prayed for him. I said, okay, tell me what you can hear so I can hear her perfectly. Can you imagine? I don't even, I don't, I, ain't, I only been in a little, really walking with Christ. I'm talking about I really dedicated my life and really wanted to walk with him, like laid everything else aside in three years. You know, you can do that year one. You know, that's the Holy Spirit you receive. All the gifts of the Holy Spirit. When you see the Holy Spirit, God gives it to you. It's by faith. Now you can grow in measure of how God uses you with the Holy Spirit. Tori prayed for our nephew. Y'all know the testimony. His, one of his legs was shorter than the other. And God did it instantly in front of us. It wasn't progressively. His legs stretched out. We've we seen people with back problems. I'm talking about had surgery 10 years ago and, been, and suffering with back issues. They can't even bend over like this. They can't do stuff like this. Pray for them instantly. They can do those things they haven't done before. Instantly, I'm talking about in, 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 our, in our eyes. And they're, they're so amazed about what God just did. The face, it's like it's in the face. It's like, it's like Jesus really did manifest himself. It's like they, they presume to know God. They presume to know Jesus, but when they really encounter him, it's a culture shock. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like, wow. And we really need to be in a place where we pray and it just happens. And we're just like, all right, praise God. We don't ever want to minimize what God is doing when it's a miracle or when it's a sign, when it's a wonder or when he's just moving. You don't want to minimize it, but it, us moving in signs when it's miracles should be a normality. None of that would be possible without repentance. 
I'm telling you, there are times I would be so afraid to even talk to somebody about Jesus. I was so afraid. I'm like, they're going to reject me. They're going to know more than me. I could say something wrong. And God would just like, get out there and just see what happens. And I just would. I would just, okay, let's see, what, let's see what happens here. I would really use it as an opportunity to see how far I've come with Christ. And it's so funny. He would always cover me. He would literally speak through me. I would be talking to a person, and I would be saying things I've never said or heard before. And then I would go home later. I said, God, this is crazy. I'll start looking for it in the Bible, and it would be word for word what was in the Bible, something I never read before, ever. It was crazy. God, God wants to put us on this highway move with him. We can't hit a highway unless we, unless we turn. We change our mind, the way we think on what we do. We all have areas we need to repent this year. Every year, every day we can repent for something. Every night before we go to bed, Lord, I repent for this. You repent for thoughts. We got, we got thoughts that come into our mind that we receive that's not even ours. <coughs> okay. Why is it important to repent? Can you give me Luke 13.5? We only got a few minutes. God is awesome. Luke 13.5. We're so, we have to be willing to just abandon everything for God. Everything. I was sharing this with Tori. That's fine. We, 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 we now have these family discussions because we got our uh, sister and brother-in-law in the house. And we just had a family discussion. And somehow I asked a question to Mimi like, are you willing to basically give it all to God? I don't even know how I worded it. And she was like, why you ask me that? And I'm just like, I don't know, you know. What, are you willing for real to be for real about God and not play both sides, be on one side? And she was like, yeah. And I just remember telling her, and it just brought me to tears. I literally had to leave everything. I had to leave my mother, I had to leave my father, I had to leave my sister, I had to leave who at, at that time, who I presumed to be my wife, my fiance. I had to leave everything that was in my life before Christ. I left it behind me, and it was not easy. The word says, he who loves mother, father, brother, sister, wife, life, more than me is not worthy of me. And where I was and where I am in my life, I want to be worthy of Christ. And I mean, I'm talking about, I, I cried. And I can remember being on the phone with very important people in my life, very important people being, I don't want to say ridiculed, but hit really hard. People I respected, people I revered, people that really did a lot in my life. And I remember being hit so hard, and I would just have to take it. These are really some untold stories. Tori never even heard this until a couple weeks ago. I would be on the phone, and I would just be getting rammed. And what I mean, like, it wasn't like anybody was screaming, but you know how somebody can make you feel really small? I remember that, and I had to take it. And I would always do this. I'd say, if, if you're worried about me, just pray for me. <laughs> I love it. You defer it right on them. If you're that concerned, and you believe like I believe, and you don't think I'm going in the right direction, just pray for me. And a lot of times, they would do it right on the spot, because I, I'm telling you, I was so rogue in life. It was like a light switch went off. It was like one day I was one way, and the next day I was completely different. It was like crazy. Nobody recognized me. Zero. It was wild. But I remember that telling that, and I was so willing to let everything go. I was so willing to let my mind be changed because I was just fed up with my life. You know, the struggle, 
having to work. How many people feel like we're not just supposed to have to work every day? It's like we're supposed to create wealth and allow money to work for us so we can go and do God's work. Doesn't mean he won't have you in a job or have you in work. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like why I don't like it's a necessity, like it has to be done. And if not, everything is going to fall apart in my life. I just felt like I said, hey, you got to take it, Lord. And I was immature in the Lord doing craziness, crazy things. I'm not telling anybody to leave their jobs. I'm not telling anybody to curse your, your parents. But you have to, you really have to honor your parents. But I mean, you really have to know when Jesus is saying, you have to choose me now. This is the moment you have to choose me now. And if you don't, your life is just going to go off track. You're going to be on a dirt road and it's going to be midnight and ain't going to be no street lights. And you'll be like, man, I know I passed that tree 10 times. We don't want that. We want the street signs. We want it lit up. We want to, we want to put our high beams on and just, and just cruise and take off. It's important to repent because if we don't, we will perish. I tell you, this is Luke 13, 5. I tell you, no, but unless you repent, we'll all likewise perish. We don't want to perish. The word says we perish for lack of knowledge, but you can perish for lack of repentance. There is a window of grace. God has opens up for you to change your mind on something, change your actions on something. And if you don't do it, he's going to turn you over to it. He's going to turn you over. It's, it's going to be like it's your God. And then you have to work that thing out in mercy when he, when he offered you grace to do it for you. It's very important for us to repent. It's very important for us to walk in repentance. True repentance means to abandon the desires to follow our own path. How many people have? <laughs> I did this, y'all. When I was 21, 22, I was making a ton of money, and I saw myself where I am now. And I was like, this is what I want. I literally designed my life. And I said, this is where I'm going to be when I'm 28. When I came to Jesus, I had to wash all that away. And I'm talking about these weren't bad desires. These weren't bad goals. These weren't bad ambitions. It was just like, it meant nothing if it, Christ was not a part of it. It means to abandon the desires to follow our own path, to make a 180 degree turn, and to face God. And in deliberate decision of our will to submit to him without reservations and willingly obey him. We got to just flow with, flow with the Lord without any reservations, like without any What's it called? Plan B's. Like if this don't work, I go back to doing this. We got to go as if this is all we have. No reservations like, all right, Jesus, you know, this is the only thing I'm worried about if I, if I decide to commit my life to you. You can't do that. You really have to step out in faith. You really have to decide to make that change. Can you give me Acts 3.19? We're almost done. I'm, already, I'm halfway through the page and we're doing good on time. You like it when I do that, babe? Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. We got to repent, y'all. How many people feel like they've been through so much they need a refreshing? It's like, I need a vacation. I need God to cleanse me. I asked him to cleanse me while I was in worship. Cleanse me. I need to be cleansed daily. I need to be cleansed momentarily, momently, momently, every moment. Cleanse me. I'm like constantly repenting. I don't like some of these thoughts that come to my mind. They're not mine. I, I'm aware that they're not mine. They're influences trying to infiltrate this soul that is being renewed to God. Repent. 
therefore. Change your thinking, therefore, and be converted. Be a true follower of Jesus Christ. Be a true disciple of Jesus. Be a true person that loves the king, that your sins may be blotted out. The word says if you have been, if you love much, you have been, you've been, you'll, you will, if you, if you love much, you've been forgiven much. If you, if you love much, you've been forgiven much. And if you forget, if, if you've been forgiven much, you love much. A lot of us have a hard time repenting because the sins are continuously roaming in our thoughts. They conti- it's like we're still attached to them up here. So we go through a, re- a repentance continually because of condemnation. Where God says, just repent from the right heart and walk out repentance and I'll blot out all those sins out of your mind. There are things we've all done we don't want nobody to know. For real. And I'm telling you, the, the, the dead man, he was, he was an ugly dude. When I look back, I say, God, why would you allow me? And he told me, you, I had to allow you to learn. You know, there's a still small voice that always speaks to you to tell you not to do something or say you should not go that way. And you can, I'm talking about you can hear it when you're a sinner. That's like God, like, don't do that. We don't recognize it as God's voice. We don't recognize it as God really trying to help us. Now go, but we still make choices. And I look back how my the choices that just piled up behind each other just created a monster. It was like I got so far I couldn't turn back. It was like if I turned back, I would look crazy to people. They'd be like, who are you? That's what happened when I I'm telling you, when I had a true conversion to Jesus, it was like, I'm telling you, I really did hit a 180. It was instantly my, the lights went off. It was so crazy. I remember we was in here on a Saturday night and Miss Teresa was doing her preordination teaching. And she prayed for me and she said some really awesome things. And it was like the, it was confirming things, but I never heard it that way. Now I remember just literally, I don't I think I I think I came off the ground and felt just like this on my face. I'm sure I didn't do that, but you know, you can fall over. But I felt like I came off and like, boom, I hit the ground. I was like, I didn't brace myself for nothing. And I remember being right there. And it was like I was crawling to the altar. I was reaching for God. It was the craziest. It was not it wasn't even me. I'm like, I'm thinking, you know how your soul is not renewed and you thinking things with things that happening. It was like my body was controlled by the Holy Spirit. And it was I was reaching to the altar like I need, like, like I was reaching to the cross. Like, God, I need you. But my mom was like, I know I look crazy. I was groaning. It's like I went into this utterance that wasn't even me. It was crazy. I'll never forget it. <laughs> I like, I was like, ah, <laughs> it's so crazy. But it's funny when you hear yourself like the true you come out. You know, when some, you say something and you know that it wasn't you, but it's really who you're supposed to be. I cried out, Jesus. It's like, I, it was crazy, man. I, it's probably one of the, the, the first deliverance I had in the ministry, but I mean, I remember stretching like for dear, you know how you see people who are trying to get out of a bad situation? I was really like reaching. It was crazy. I was turning. And after that, man, I got up. I was different. I was never the same. I'm telling you, I like stopped cursing immediately. Man, I, I stopped doing so much. When I look back, it was a miracle. I'm telling you. It was a miracle because I was so I was so far gone. And what I mean, like my personality type is when I really like something, I go for it. I like what I was doing in the world so much that I just so basically everything. But when they, when God gave me that taste, I like I pawned that back to the world. And, it, and literally, I just left it on the side. I said, bump it. I didn't want nothing. I stripped everything off. And then there were things I had to strip off over time. 
because I wish God delivered me right away. But God taught me so much through the stripping, through a process. I got kind of got it. I'm sorry that your sins may be erased, blotted out and wiped clean. You, when you repent from the right heart and walk out repentance, God is blotting out all the sins you've ever done. He's clearing them from your soul. That times of refreshing. Have you thought when you've conquered something, don't you feel refreshed? When you got a victory in the area, don't you feel like, ah. it's like, man, this is awesome. You know how you kind of can just let your shoulders down? Like, I'm not so tense. Like, man, this is great. I'm happy that this, you know, this happened. We want those times of refreshing. Of recovery from the effects of heat, of reviving with fresh air, may come from the presence of the Lord. Sin cannot dwell where God is. So if we, had a hard, if we have a hard time getting in the presence of God, that means we're actively in something that God does not want us in. Sin. Hey, but when he blocked that thing out, the presence can come like that. I love it. Jim was in here talking one time. He was speaking and he said, it's like when I just lift my hands, I just go away. The moment I surrender to God, it's like I'm, I'm in his presence. I go away. And I started really examining myself. What happens when I lift my, what happens when I declare his kingdom? What happens when I praise? What happens when I lift my hands? Do I go away or do all these thoughts start circling me? That's trying to hinder me. I want the presence to come the moment I open my mouth and praise, the moment I lift my hands. All right, Hebrews, Hebrews 6, 1, this is the last scripture. You put in uh, King James Version, New King James. We also need to repent. Why it's important to repent is for our spiritual growth. Don't y'all want to move in the, the, the mightiness, the power, the, the authority of Jesus? You don't you want to move in the glory of God, the presence of God? Don't you want to just show up in a place and people start getting healed or people start getting delivered or people start receiving blessings because you just showed up? Don't you want to move in that capacity with the Lord? We have to grow up in God to really see those things manifest in our lives. We can't be babies. Your level of growth is determined on you. Your speed of growth is determined on you. God gives you a choice. Therefore, leaving discussions of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundations of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. We have to repent from these dead works. There are dead works that we have. The repentance of dead works, dead works does not only serve to be right with God. If we want to mature and grow in other fundamentals of God, we must begin by repenting. It all starts with repentance. We can't even get to the fundamentals, the elementary principles of Christ until we repent. Dead works are things we do without faith in God or in disobedience to his will. So for an example, for church people or for people in Christ, going to church, tithing, singing in the choir, out on the streets evangelizing and becoming a leader for the body of Christ, they are dead works. If they're not, if they are done without repentance. Meaning if you step into them without repenting to the Lord for the things that are wrong in your life. Continuously for unforgiveness, repenting for shame, 
repenting for rejection, repenting for anger, repenting for all these things that they may try to throw on you. Repentance is necessary to get back in good standing with God. How many people feel like they're in good standing with God? When you give your heart to Jesus, you you walked out repentance, meaning you repented for your sins. That's when you get in right standing with God. Right standing. We want to have a good standing with God. We should strive to have a good relationship with God to where he can trust us with the things he wants to give us. How many people want the things of God? It said the silver is, we always can go on money. I love it because people love money. It says the silver is mine, the gold is mine. I don't know if it says the horses or the donkeys, but everything that's on the hill is his too. Everything in the earth belongs to God. Everything in the heavens belongs to God. Everything that's ever created belongs to God. Don't you want the things of God? Can you imagine possessing glory? Can you imagine that? Possessing the glory of God. Where it's so much on you, so much in you, that you can distribute it, that you can pass it out, that you can give it to somebody else. You can allow them to partake in it. Well, I want the things of God. God's life is so much greater than our life. I don't care what anybody says. You don't lose nothing coming to Christ except yourself. And how you got to think about how stinky you've been, how ugly you've been, how mean you've been to people. And then you come to a, a, a man and a God like Jesus and Jehovah and the Holy Spirit. And all they want to do is help you and help guide you and love you and bless you. I don't want no parts of me when it comes to God. I want all of him. I want everything that has to do with him. Uh, I, I, in my heart, I'll look back over the last three years. And every year in the new year, I always examine my year. And I always feel like, Lord, I could, I could, have, done, I could have spent so much more time with you. I could have did so much more for you. You could have used me so much more. I could have been blessed so much more. Over the last two years, and I just said, Lord, I don't want to, I don't want to have that for 2017. I want to win the day every day. I want to conquer the day every day. I want to be used every day. I want to capitalize on every opportunity you give me. Every day. Every moment. That's going to, I'm telling you, it requires you to really listen to God. Really listen to the Holy Spirit. It's really a dedication. We have to get in the motion of repenting from who we are to become to, to more who, who Christ is and who God is. Are y'all with me? It's different. Your life changes. It may not feel good because we're not used to it, but I'm saying when, you, when the dust clear, when the clouds clear, and you're looking up and there's sunshine and there's rays all over the place, it was well worth it. Me and Tori, we're not nearly where we want to be, but we're a lot further along than where we were. In this journey, you think about it. I'm, I'm being so honest, and I'm not boasting. In three years, God would have, has done things in our lives that would have took some people 20. I'm telling you, overcoming unforgiveness, overcoming rejection, um, financial blessings. I feel like every year I get another car. You know what I'm saying? Every time I turn around. No joke. That's the blessing. I, I can't, I definitely don't boast. It had nothing to do with me. I'm never deserving of how good God is. I can't be good enough. I can't. It's impossible. He is holy. If we really understand how holy he is, if we really just understand, we, we're not even comparable. 
That's why it was so important for Jesus to come to the earth. So we could have a relationship with somebody who was holy enough. His holiness could really destroy you. And there's examples in the Bible. He told people not to touch the ark because of his presence. Somebody accidentally touched it like they tripped and fell and touched it and died. He's so holy that the people that God manifested himself to in many ways said, I want you to bring all these people to the mountain so I can speak to them. He's so holy. They said, no, you go talk to him for us. Remember, remember Israelites with Moses? They were so afraid because of what was inside of them. When you realize how holy, how holy God is and what kind of iniquity or what kind of sin and what kind of evil is in you, you don't want to have no parts to him. Everything that's contrary to God is ugly. It's sin. It's unholy. If it's not like God, it's not like God. <laughs> Plain as day. Ain't no in-between. Jesus said, either for me or you're against me. There really is no in-between. When we realize how holy we, he is and the fact that we have the opportunity to go before him to his throne, it changes everything. It does. Because the person that created the entire universe, there's so much more to God, we just cap it off at the universe. There are no other words to describe his vastness. There's so much more to God. But when we truly understand how holy he is, we really want to get right. We do. Everything about God is pure. I, I described, I think I talked about it last time. You know how like when you take a shower, but you got to go back outside. I don't want to have no parts of God. It's not, I do want to have parts of God, but I mean like after, you know, like when you did something you weren't supposed to do, you do kind of have that gut check, that kind of that repentance. Like, man, it was God about to deliver me. It can be a violent deliverance. You know what I'm saying? And not like a bad violence, but like I could really be delivered. That's a good thing. But I mean, you know how your mind can make you start thinking fear? That's the fear. Of, like, oh, I wish I would have never did that. That's how quick I get it. I, I said something to Tori up in sound booth. <laughs> Lord, hit your boy quick. He's like, don't you talk to my bride like that. I looked at her. I said, baby, I'm so sorry. I should never said that to you like that. And she just giggled like, Chris, I wasn't even tripping off of that. But I think about it. If I would have never did that, when I would have went into worship, I probably would have got a spanking from the Lord. It would have been good to get a spanking, but I mean, he doesn't want to always have to spank us. I have to spank my nephew. I don't want to have to spank him. I want him to get the instruction and understand what I'm trying to teach him and walk in that. God is really holy, for real. And we can't even play with his holiness. That's where I really think the church and the world has really got God messed up. Like God is some lackadaisical. It's like two sides people think about God. Like he's just, the only parts of him is he's God, the God of judgment. Where he's up on, on, in heaven from his throne looking down, ready to throw lightning bolts like Zeus. And then there's another side of God that they're like, oh, God to forgive me. I can do this. I can do that. God to forgive me. Hey, y'all. Right. Um, God to forgive me. All this different type of stuff. And they don't reverence him. There's no fear of the Lord. And that's when I think we're really stepping into some serious trouble. It's scary. We're, we're just about done, but I'm happy to, to have you guys. We were talking about repentance tonight, what it means to repent and what it means to walk out in repentance. And then we just got on how God is holy and we can't play with a God who's holy. Jesus made the way so we can go to the person who's holy, you know. But God is so good that he wants us to get it right. There's so much to God. God ain't holding nothing back. That's what I love about him. 
He ain't holding nothing back. It's according to our hunger and thirst for him. It's according to what we want from God and how much we're willing to surrender to him. He is. God wants everybody to experience the fullness of his glory before they go to the fullness of his glory in heaven. This is a training ground. This is a training facility for our life in heaven. Can you imagine the angels sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty in the throne room constantly over and over and over again every time they pass his throne. So every time they pass his throne, you know they're seeing something so much, so different about God they've never seen before that they have to declare his holiness. And then when we get in worship or when we go before God, this thing, when we worship God, God can show us a new facet of himself every time. Every single time. This thing, holy, holy. And you already know how it feels when you're going to worship and in your heart, you start singing God and start declaring how holy he is. It's like the manifest presence, the kabod of God comes down. And also in, in, in it's in Revelations 4 where the elders present, the 24 elders present their crowns to him. They, they kneel before him and present everything. That, that's, that's what the crowns represent. Everything that you are. It's literally your rap sheet with God. That's what the crowns represent. Everything you've ever accomplished in life, everything you've ever done for God, everything that God acknowledges, they come before him in worship and say, God, what, I, what we say earlier today, it's yours. It's yours. If we can get to that point of reverence with God, man, we don't even exist. It's only by grace that we're here. But we recognize that God is the vastness. He, he really, he hands it out. You can have this. You can have this. And I love it because he is so gracious. We don't even deserve it. I love that the goodness of the Lord draws us to repentance. I love that because it's always a self-check because God blesses for two reasons. Because you either have obeyed him or because he wants you to change your mind. Every time, every time you receive a blessing, and blessings come in so many facets. You can receive a word from God, that from a, from a man or woman of God, and that can be a blessing. And God can be saying, I'm blessing you because of your works and, and your faithfulness in me, or I'm blessing you to tell you to change the way you think about yourself or the way you think about your circumstance. Every time the blessing comes, we should examine ourselves. Every single time. God, all right, you present this before me. You should say, okay, what do you want me to do with it? Is this for me? Or what are you trying to tell me? What are you speaking to me? I'm telling you. I remember this. When I started doing landscaping, <laughs> my, my friend had all this lawn equipment. I love him to death. And I was like, yeah, man, we, we, we jump into this business together. And, uh, you know, you already got the equipment, man, and we, we'll just get it going like that. And my mind quickly got into the flesh because he had what I needed. I said, we can do this together. And God might have not have called us to do it together. Not because he is wrong. Because he could have put the vision in my heart. If he put the vision in my heart, he already has provision for it. If he gave you the vision, he has provision. Do you see what I'm saying? And then right after, I repented. This is so crazy. I got blessed with lawn equipment that, like, I got blessed with some really nice stuff. And I said, Lord, you're you asking me to repent right now. I did. I'm talking about top of the line stuff. 
Steel, I don't know if y'all heard of it. Steel is the best stuff on the market right now. And I would just laugh. And I don't know if I told you this, baby, but I was just like, yeah, the Lord got me. I'm in repentance right now. And over the last quarter of this year, the Lord's been showing Tori and I how he provides for us. For Thanksgiving, I'm just going to testify. The Lord put it in our heart. We don't, we don't eat pound cake. We don't eat sweet potato pie. We're not crazy. We just, it's just something we don't like go out and get. Both of us, it's so crazy. I know, ain't nothing wrong with us. It's crazy. We both felt it in our heart. Let's get a pound cake and let's get a sweet potato pie. Crazy. We went out and bought one. And then the Lord put it on a saint's heart to give us a sweet potato pie and a pound cake. He asked us. To, that, we came to repentance. He said, you don't have to spend your money on that. And I'm telling you, the, the pound cake and the sweet potato pie that we got, it was like a million times better than what we bought. I'm talking about in size. I'm talking about in taste. Tia, you saw it? T saw it. She was there. It was crazy. He asked us. to. It was like, I'm asking you to repent. I have everything you need. Here's another testimony. This is the craziest thing. Um, we didn't have no groceries. And I was just like, writing Tori, I was like, babe, you know, what are we doing for dinner tonight? And she was like, I don't know. You know, we just kind of giggling on the phone. And I sent her Matthew 6, 24 through 33. I just sent her that. Thought nothing else about it. Crazy. That night, somebody came to our house and brought us groceries. We didn't even talk nothing else about it. And then he, I'm telling you, he had my mind of repentance. He said, I got everything covered. Everything. I'm not even joking. We didn't have to tell nobody. We just kind of get like, I like this, this last quarter and going for the rest of my life, I really wanted to experience God as daddy. Like I would even go into prayer as in, you know how we say father in the name of Jesus? I would say daddy in the name of Jesus. I would say Abba in the name of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And I said, I want to experience you in this facet, in this, in this, this way. I'm going to acknowledge you in the way I want to experience you. Yes. And, you know, it says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. And I loved it because it, said, it didn't say in the word every good and perfect gift comes from God. God is, God is the Father. Father is God. But I mean, that aspect of who he is is what blesses us. You know what I'm saying? I've been calling him daddy. That's what, that's what his name is to me. And then uh, Gene, gave, I, I talked about it Saturday, but I think it's important to share. This had to be almost two years ago. And I'm not saying this is, go back to the uh, instrumental. Kenrick gone up there, y'all. <laughs> I was talking to Gene, and he was saying how, essentially, carnal, you know, have the carnal. They're not, they're not even considered believers. They're the lukewarm. They're, they're back and forth. He was like, unbelievers and, and the carnal see God only as God. But sons and children of God see him as God and daddy. They're missing a whole side of who God is because he is daddy, every good and perfect. And I love it. It says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. So every time we draw near to God, he's bringing something good and perfect to us. God is astounding. There's so much, there's so much to God if we just kind of spend time with him. I, I just I kind of just got out of Acts and God bestowed power through the Holy Spirit upon the apostles, even the ones that persecuted him. I'm talking about they literally just showed up. I love the fact that they just showed up and they didn't have to do any. They showed up and people were getting healed. They got to the point where they didn't even go to heal people. They just walked the streets and people threw them in their shadows. 
can you really imagine how powerful you have to be? How much power the Holy Spirit has bestowed on you? You're, you're, you're walking through your whatever God has called you to do that day. They're just throwing people in your shadows. Wow. You know what I'm saying? This is wild. Paul, oh my, this dude was something serious. Paul had a revelation that many people don't have and need to have. Can you turn that down just a little bit? Paul, the one who, cru- Saul, the one who crucified, who was transformed. He said, I don't even associate, I can't even be accounted for who I was. Basically, he said, I have no record. God, God doesn't even judge me. I'm not, I don't even judge myself for what I've done. So you can't, man, Paul was that dude. Paul, oh my gosh, and I don't even know why I'm talking about this, but Paul allowed his circumstances to push him to the next level. Did you notice that every time he went to the Pharisees, they would take him to the next level of authority to, to try to kill him? He used it every time, all the way till he got to Rome. And God told him, oh, my God, we talked about this earlier. They prophesied, prophesied to him not to go, and he still went. You know he had to hear the voice of the Lord, because you know when you hear the voice of the okay, I might need to adhere to that. He still went hearing the voice of the Lord. Got into the circumstances, and God spoke to me and said, you're right in the right place, because I am going to allow you to go to Rome. And at that time, Caesar Augustine, y'all know who Caesar is, right? God, oh, he appealed his case when he could have been could have been set free because he knew they had nothing against him. But he said, instead, I'm going to allow you to judge me. Put me on this boat so I can go to speak to some people I know I need to speak to. He allowed his circumstance to put him to the next level. Are we allowing our circumstances to get us to the next level? Do you get what I'm saying? We're really not. We're stuck in those circumstances and the circumstances are bringing us down. Well, God is trying to use it as a trampoline or a catapult to go to the next level to speak. I'll tell you, God has given us an audience. He's given us an audience because people want to, they want to see the God we preach. They want to see the God that we talk about. They want to see the God we teach about, and they're not seeing it. What they're seeing is the results of what the world has produced to them in the church or in people that claim to follow Christ. They're seeing no signs. They're seeing no wonders. They're seeing no miracles. All they're seeing is vain babbling. They're telling you to do things right. They're telling you that you should do this. They're telling you how to look, but they're not telling you how to get there. They're not telling you how to do it. And they're watching you perish. And the word says that they will be held at a stricter judgment as teachers of the word. We have to get processed. Process is, you can't be processed without repentance. I'm telling you, you have to come from the right heart with God to repent, to be changed. And God does it. It's his word. The power is on the word. That's where it's at. Y'all, do y'all know each other? Sisters. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, y'all done, y'all done merged together. I'm watching y'all. God is good. Yeah. Yeah, I grabbed the mic so we can get up. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Well, I just thank God um, for Jarrell. I tell you over the year that I have been working with him and just his spirit. He's been yes, an armor bearer, a son, yeah. just from the moment I met him. And so last week he told me that. He had found a church and how God had moved in his spirit 
And I just, it just touched my heart. And he said, Chap, I want you to go with me. Yeah. I said, well, I'll go next week. So I was working and he called, he said, he's been waiting on me since 630. <laughs> and I said, Lord, I said, you serious? Didn't I? Yes, sir. I said, he, he's serious. Yeah. But um, God, he found God. And I tell you, he's truly found him. And I, I'm so thankful to be living, to actually experience this. Yes, ma'am. And to actually see it. It's an honor. And um, when you said, are we allowing our circumstances to take us to the next level? Yes, ma'am. Sometimes those circumstances doesn't even seem fair. And a lot of times they're not. Yeah. It's persecution and blessed are those that are persecuted yes. for righteousness yes. sake. But even being um, in the position I'm in as a chaplain, I, I needed this tonight. I was broken and just beat yeah. down from a system. And he really didn't know all the details of it. Every time you try to do good, evil's present. But when you want to have the ministry going forth, but then yet you want it on paper, but you don't want the actions. Yeah. Um, there's a scripture where denying the power thereof, yeah. you know, they, they want a chaplain at that hospital, but they really don't want the power hey, of the Holy Ghost. And unfortunately, you, I hey. walk in the Holy Ghost. Oh, baby. So I'm, I'm going to always be yes. under. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't believe in doing nothing undercover. I shouldn't have to hide no books. And, you know, and somebody told me, well, sometimes you. You got to be discreet. I'm like, well, God called the, the devil not discreet. Why I have to be discreet, T.T., right? Don't let the chaplain pass out the daily bread. Don't let her do something. Well, I did. I did. Well, they, I was just, you know, they everywhere, Lord. Help me. Yeah. And so I just was feeling so, I cried yesterday. Yes. So when he said this evening, uh, chap, he said earlier, you going to church with me? I said, yes. Because I live two hours and 30 minutes wow. away. My husband's at the base in Warner Robins. But I needed this. I needed it just like it is. I needed the emergency room visit. Yes, oh, glory to God. Yes. Thank you. Thank Amen. you. Amen. Amen. I needed the specialist. Thank you. Because yes. I need this circumstances, TT. I needed to take me to the next level. Yeah. Amen, yeah. somebody. We need this hey. stuff to take us to the next level. Listen. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Listen. All this. We need this to take us. You help me. Yes. I, okay, I feel better. Yes. This circumstance must going to take us somewhere. Huh? Thank this. you, Jesus. Oh, yes. God. Thank you. Okay, you yes. talk to me in any kind of way, but that must going to take me yes. somewhere, Jesus, yes. in you. Yes. And then one of the individuals, one of the patients, we were reading the word this evening, and um, the individual said, well, you know, chap, uh, persecution and, and suffering, long-suffering creates uh, patience, and patience create character, and character create hope. And <laughs> I said, now look at this right here, and endurance. And I just, I just said, listen, it, it, this thing here is just unfolding you know, when you're in a mental health hospital and they still know the scripture. Yes. Amen. Yes. That's Amen. something right there. Yes. And and other other psychologists were around and I said, it doesn't matter how much medicine you give them. They still know the Lord is my shepherd. Yes. I shall not want. Isn't that something? Yes. None, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So tonight, I, I just thank God. I really thank God for this yes. encounter tonight. Yes. I thank God for what God is doing in the young people. 
Yes, ma'am. Lord. I thank him. Yes, he also. He does see us. And he does care. And he has a way of kind of letting us know. Amen. When you're on that battlefield to send you somewhere. Send you to a new land where the people of God are truly living holy. That's it. You don't even hear holy that much in the church anymore. <laughs> when the last, you know, you don't, do you? You turn the TV on, nobody's talking about holy. Yeah, but without holiness, no man shall see God. So holy, holy, holy. Is the Lord. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. While you were speaking, the Lord brought this back to my remembrance. Only way your circumstance is going to catapult you to the next level. You, you can hold on to mm-hmm. it. Chris. Only way it's going to catapult you. If you look at the order that Paul... Every time he was brought before the people, he never denied Jesus Christ. And how he never denied them, he always brought forth testimony of the works of Christ in his life. Shamelessly. Meaning, hey, you brought me here because of this, but let me tell you about what my God did. Let me tell you about what Jesus did. And the only way people will be changed and you won't be held by a system, you have to be above the law. The only way you're above the law is if you're in the spirit. And we know the fruit and we know the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So through signs, wonders and miracles and in the fruit of the spirit, people can't do nothing to you because results are there. They can oppose you if the results aren't there. They can withhold you. They can they can keep you in a place if there are no results, but they cannot deny his power when somebody just gets healed. We talked about earlier about a miracle. Um, I prayed for a young man at a restaurant who had hearing aids and couldn't hear without his hearing aids. Prayed for him. He received his hearing. And people just get so dumbfounded Mm -hmm. at the fact that Jesus wants to heal today. And how my wife, she prayed for a young, my my nephew, leg was short another, and his leg came forth. And we're just like, we're in a a position of shock, like, wow, Jesus really did it. But he's always present. He's always present. When you you acknowledge him and there's two or more in the midst, how do you get Jesus to manifest? It says, I am there in their midst when two or three or more are gathered. That means he's in the midst, but doesn't mean he's actually manifesting Come himself. How do you get him to manifest himself? You have to praise him. You have to open your mouth to him. You have to glorify him. I'm telling you, every time you get into a glorification of God, you can feel him come to where you are. It's no longer him just being in the midst. Hey, you know somebody can be back there and they can still be in our midst? Uh-huh. But we want him to be right where we are. Yes, sir. Moving amongst us. Yes. So we gotta we gotta we gotta move away from the fearless or, or the fearful declaration of who God is. Like you said, they can't they can't hold you back because the spirit in you is liberty. Hallelujah. It's the spirit of liberty. Thank you, Lord. Because Jesus is the liberator. Hallelujah. That's what is that's what the Messiah, that's what his name means. Liberator of, of a group of people. Oh God. You know he's setting Christians free now. He came to set Jews free, and they rejected him, and he went to the Gentiles. And we were Gentiles, but then we became Christians, and we walked back into religion. Yes, sir. And then we became Pharisees. Yes, sir. So we became Jews. Yeah. So now he has to set us free. Come on. All over again. Oh, Lord. Because he already set us free in our spirit. That's deep. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. It's no longer these days Uh -uh. where we're preaching about a Jesus who died. Jesus died and rose again. And he's alive. And he, he, he showed himself to over 500 people. There are testimonies of him. They touched him and his, the oh. resurrected body ate. Yes. It wasn't his spirit. The resurrected body ate. Come on. They, they ate with him fish and oh. bread. Yes, they did. 
it wasn't a spirit. It wasn't a ghost. Ghosts must have manifested in that time because they talked about it in the Bible as if it was a normality for spirits to show up and for ghosts to show up. So it was obvious it wasn't a ghost because he said to what was his name? Thomas. Thomas. He said, Thomas, touch me right here. You know, he also walked through walls. Yes, he did. Your spirit can be so strong in you. And I, I read this in Acts when Paul was in the in the dungeon yes. and God came to set him free by an angel as he's leaving the gates. You can be walking in so much authority when you flow with God. Doors just fly open. Physical and spiritual doors. I'm not joking. I thought only the, the demonic move material. They said the spirit thrusted the door open. And then he went. No, it was Peter. It wasn't Paul. It was Peter. And then he went to where the house was, where the disciples yes. were praying. Yes. And when the woman came, she was so happy to see, to see who he was. They didn't think it was him. Uh-uh. They had to come to the door and let him in. Yeah. The power of God can be so on you. Things just get out of your way. I am telling you, it just get out of your way. Doors that are locked. You know, jails are locked. Yes. There are keys. There are bars. They're mm-hmm. metal. You can't just push it open if you don't have access to that, come on, to that area. The spirit has the power to open it up for you. You got to flow in that. Yes, sir. We can't flow in it. And what we talked about tonight, unless you repent, you repent for your fruitless works or your dead works or you fruit. You, you repent of the life that God has not called you to. There is so much more to God. So much more. He is here. And he wants you. All right. So to finish it out, we're going to go through two activations. That's what it's called. I want, to, I want us all to repeat the prayer of salvation. This is a, a, a prayer that you should confess to Jesus continuously. It's not a one-time shot. It is a one-time shot to get you in the kingdom, but I mean, you need to declare to him that, God, I, forgive me. Yes, I am yours. Every day. And I know... I, I know just about everybody in here, so I know the heart has been regenerated. The spirit has been regenerated back to God. Yeah. But we're going to go through this, and we're going to start from a clean slate. And we're going to—I'm telling you—we're going to the—we're going to the heavens. We're going to live from the, th- the third heaven this year. Everything that God sends comes from His throne room. So we're going to come from that area now. We're seated in heavenly places. We're going to be above the circumstances, and we're going to be orchestrating our life according to God's spirit. So I want everybody to repeat after me. Just close your eyes and just meditate on Jesus and what he did. <clears throat> and meditate on the Father's love. So much love that he would send his greatest gift and his closest companion to die for your sake. So repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Your word says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I am calling on Jesus right now. I am a sinner. And I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I was raised as Jesus was raised. And Jesus was raised from the dead on the third day to give me life eternally with God. I break every covenant. That I've made with the enemy, with my flesh, and with the world. And Father, I ask you to forgive me. And I ask Jesus to come into my heart and live your life in me 
and through me. I repent of my sins and I surrender my life totally to you as Savior and Lord. Amen. All right. Let's get the Lord some praise. We got one more, and it's, it's going to go quick. Can we go to the playlist on iTunes? It's called McKinney New. We need to repent of dead works. That's the fruitless works, the things that we've done without coming to God the right way and without repenting. And we need to turn from our evil ways, which is any, evil way is sin. And this is what sin is. Sin is anything that's not of faith. This is what the word describes sin as. Anything that's not of faith. Knowing the right thing and not doing it, lawlessness. This is really big right now for our time because people don't care about rules or, or the law. Um, lawlessness and missing the mark. God has a call in your life and it's a mark to where he has you going, being off path from what God has marked you to go. That is sin. Uh, the song, if, if you're on that playlist, can you, there's, I think, it's, I think it's, it says only Jesus or Jesus as Stephanie Fresen something. And I want us to repent. This is now we're going to do this in our like out loud, but before God. So if you want to come up, you can come up. I would suggest you come up. And we're going to submit to God's divine will. So I'm going to give you a few minutes to repent on your own. And then we're going to all declare out loud unto the Lord. That we're going to submit to his divine will. Did y'all find the song? Yeah, just play it, and I'll, I'll let you know if that's it. Hallelujah. Yeah, thank you. Right now, use this time. Use this time to repent. Your dead works. Things we haven't given to God.
Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. Moshie Tamanana. No Shotiaka. Forgive us. Daddy, we repent. We repent, Daddy. Oh, Sing it out tonight. The song of our 